So substance abuse. <laughs> I mean, it is half seven in the morning when we're recording this, so we've got to get our lid on. This is not a cold. This is a very warm open, Steve, you're bringing. Look at my, look at my bottle opener. This is the only bottle opener my parents have in the house. It's like a Dutch lady in a clog. It's, a, it's, a, it's, quite, it's probably racist. Yeah. It's just a, it's a wooden, it's a tiny wooden clog. And when you look inside the clog, there is a very stereotypically dressed Dutch lady with no legs because I dropped this bottle opener in my haste to join this podcast recording and her legs fell off. Oh my God. You yeah. feckin' de- de-legged this poor lady. I know, right? That's a hate crime. Should, well, we'll, we'll run it by. I'll take a picture and just send it to Sonna yeah. <laughs> with no caption or anything. Hey, Sonna, the one Dutch person I know, is this racist? <laughs> No, it's okay. I've got loads of Dutch friends. <laughs> so my best friends are Dutch friends. <laughs> That's how you do a cold open. Straight substance abuse. Well, you just went into clogged ladies abuse. What is what I'm? I did it last time. You did it this time. All right. It's a political podcast. We're two best friends, uh, life partners. Um, Pot two halves of Two halves of the same hole come together. What a big hole we have. <laughs> and, and we talk about politics, I guess. And sometimes stuff that's kind of vaguely related to politics. And sometimes stuff that could be construed as stereotypical and racist. Who's to say? Lots of people are to say. Let's not encourage them. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, no, no reason whatsoever. Uh, yeah, that's it. We're on the we're, TM. We're pre- <laughs> what on politics? Parentheses. No racism whatsoever. Uh, speaking of, we were on the Right Dishonorable podcast. Uh, special guests. Speaking of racism, <laughs> again, our appearance on that podcast. I was viewing as just we're a Trojan horse trying to take down a rival podcast, which yeah. I cover on the show. Yeah. So go over there if you want to see some thinly veiled. Um, uh, Brit bashing from two Irish lads. We're going to get some of that in this episode too, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was great fun. Those guys are great. We need to do more stuff with them. Absolutely. Well, I'll link to that in the show notes. Why, why do you want to talk about now? Do you want to talk about my... Oh, wait, what's that? Do you hear that sound, Steve? My butt... The oven timer's gone off. Hang on. Let me just open up. Oh, got a fresh, hot, steaming batch of hot takes here, Steve. Mm, I can smell them from Ooh, here. so hot. Oh, I can see the wave lines. It's like a cartoon. Mm. Put that on the window ledge there to cool. It's too hot. Oh, it's, and then you'll, you'll see the stink lines coming over to you and you'll sniff them and then you'll mm. get lifted oh, up and float, float over, over on the... Uh, <laughs> and then you get there and you realise, no, wait, these are, these are horrible hot takes from Richie. And, oh, they, no, taste, and they taste terrible. <laughs> Richie just excreted these hot takes into a pan and put them in the oven. To oh, make them even the, hotter and take just, just the worst. So for those of you who didn't listen to our last episode, we're trying to do a new thing. We're replacing our new section, which was, look, let's face it, utterly redundant. <laughs> a I mean, fortnightly we, podcast that did news. <laughs> we could extend that analysis to the entire podcast, but we're choosing to to only focus on the first 10 minutes. Yeah, you, you you're go. still stuck with the redundancy for the rest. Yeah, we'll gradually realize and unwind that um, uh, that this is all entirely a hopeless never, but we're not there yet. In the meantime, we are replacing our new segment with uh, Richie's Smoking Hot Takes Fresh Out of the Oven. Ooh, so hot and so fresh. It's the full title. Um, uh, I've got two for you today. Like one's just like a little tiny hot take. That I just, mm. I don't know if you want to just like a little like... Like a jalapeno a, hot popper. A little amuse-bouche, if you would be more cultural, cultural about you. it. Excuse you. Oh no! Uh, did you did you see this weekend that Trump said he is considering pardoning Snowden? 
Mm, I did see that, but I didn't read anything about it. Is he just yeah. doing that, do it as normal Trump thing? It was just, yeah, it was just part off the of cuff. It. Yeah, exactly. Off the cuff, no real weight behind it. But he says it's something he was considering and just lots of vague kind of statements around it with no real concrete anything. I'm a big fan of Edmund Snyd- Snyden. Snyder. <laughs> I love I love his Justice League and Man of Steel movies. <laughs> uh, but I, my hot take is that, because he previously... If this is true, this is a big 180 for Trump because previously he said that um, he was like a traitor and should be executed or something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing somewhat, but he didn't mention the word execution. He's mad for executions. Yeah. And but now he's talking about pardoning him. And my hot take is that he's just viewing this as like a desperate kind of way of winning over some people on the other side because he's doing so badly in the polls. Maybe. Or maybe he just forgot who he was and just wants to like... (laughs) He was, probably, was he asked it in a press conference? No, it wasn't a press conference. Uh, it was an interview with, um, no, it wasn't even a tweet. It was an interview with, uh, oh, the New York Post. Oh, they're great. I don't have it in front of me. But yeah, he just, it was just like a throwaway thing as part of a bigger interview. Yeah, because the way, the, my rationale for thinking, oh, maybe it was, it's just like a, a, a kind of a desperate attempt to win some votes is that it's not like a big policy thing. It's an isolated thing he can do mm-hmm. um, that, is kind of one and done it does it doesn't symbolize a larger kind of sea change he because he could just spin it as oh this one guy and it could potentially get him some brownie points for people who wouldn't have in the in the past and then he doesn't have to do any more beyond that yeah we we touched on snowden back in our wikileaks episode although to be specific snowden isn't wikileaks but maybe trump has forgotten yeah. And he thinks he's pardoning Julian Assange. Yeah. There's that there's that quote I think that applies really heavily to politics of never attribute to malice what can easily be easily be explained with incompetence. I mean and this that, might that be that one should of be those. tattooed on our foreheads when we talk about <laughs> Trump. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. Like this could just be like you say, he forgot who he was. <laughs> Man, person, TV, <laughs> elephant. Dog. The, the other Snowden. Um, <laughs> the other hot steam and cake. Let me pick Ooh, so hot, so fresh here. Catch. Um, (laughs) give me more notice I dropped it (laughs) the other thing I was going to say and this is purely a product of me um, uh, Calera's back in lockdown as are two other counties in the Midlands of Ireland serves you right it's look it's the face licking traditional face licking greeting yeah it's it's you know how in Europe there's a lot of like like kiss on one cheek or kiss on two cheeks cheeks, kiss on three three cheeks cheeks, kiss on four cheeks this is just like an all over um, painting a face with your tongue type greeting. It's um, very uncomfortable, but you get used to it after visiting it for a while. You do. Yeah, you do. You the do. worst is when you're in a petrol station and you're just trying to buy your petrol and then they're like, <laughs> so maybe that's how the COVID spread. Or it's badly run meat factories. One of those two. Who's to say? One or the other. Scientists are out with it. Uh, no, it's definitely the badly run meat factories. But yeah, I'm locked down because I'm, I'm, I'm back uh, in Kildare. So I have nothing really to do and I'm kind of getting frustrated with the whole pandemic situation not at anyone in particular i totally respect lockdown measures are absolutely necessary and they are how we'll beat this thing when they happen to other people yeah exactly what happened no even to me i i fully understand it and i support it even though it sucks but it just got me thinking about covid19 in general and very holistically and very globally and it's just it's just highlighting how we're doing everything wrong like everything wrong in society and i've got a couple of examples like you know, healthcare. We so even actually before I get into specific examples, you know, epidemiologists were saying this is going to happen for a long time, and there's multiple, multiple accounts and documentaries and interviews and journals published about how um, 
a huge influenza pandemic is a matter of uh, when, not if. Mm. Um, so we knew something was going to happen, but the complete and utter lack of preparation and the, the way our current society is built just is completely butting up against this kind of problem. And I think it could only get worse. Um, so obviously, like, I'm just going to speed through these because we all fucking know this stuff. Like, health services being completely underprepared and understaffed and underserviced, especially in the early days when there was no bloody PPE, personal mm. protective equipment, like basic, basic stuff. Uh, the WHO published a report that we're that there's a global shortage of nurses, like 5.9 million less than we should have worldwide. And even just like the, the strain this is putting on the health service affecting other things that aren't COVID related, like uh, 30% of community health services for older people have been suspended in Ireland and 21% for disability and half of all mental health services. So like this thing that we knew would happen at some point has utterly decimated everything uh, with our healthcare and also our economy. Like we just found out UK economy is entering into a recession that will take plenty of years to recover from. <laughs> Mass unemployment, even more exacerbated income inequality between the people like us who get to work at home and still earn our normal wage and that the people who are, you know, completely lost their jobs or on severe or back on welfare or whatever, like causing a huge gulf between mm. the different income levels. Uh, small business is struggling while Amazon is doing better than ever. Mm-hmm. Like all of these things. And then also racial inequality, how like, you know, ethnic minorities face 10 to 50% high risk of death because of all this. Basically just across the board, I was getting mad at how the pandemic is just highlighting everything wrong with how we're doing society. And I think it can all come back to this kind of free markety, neoliberal you know, the main metric for success and what we should all be aiming for is like GDP. Profit. As a, as a, yeah, as opposed to, you know, are people safe and cared for and happy and equal mm. and all those things. Like the much more nuanced, right? And like more complicated, you could say, way of quantifying stuff as opposed to the single measure that we currently have of, oh, GDP. Earnings in and the pockets. Yeah, exactly. And I think as long as we have that as our like North Star for how well life is doing, this is only going to get worse. Mm. Like this will happen again is the thing. Like it's proven that because of the way we're living our lives. What are you going to do? (laughs) Teach everyone a lesson, Steve. Ah. (laughs) Because the way we're living our lives, these kind of pandemics are bound to happen again. And if they happen before we can fully recover from this, Mm. before we can limp to some sort of semblance of normality, if something like this or another big catastrophe happens again it's I, I don't even want to think about it it's awful and i think until we reevaluate how we are you know measuring our progress it's just going to we're just history's doomed to repeat itself maybe we I should do a very a gdp big, episode maybe we should yeah so i can rant some more mm. uh, like stuff like universal basic income if this was in effect would have helped and working and operational like before all this it would have been so much so much better mm. so so much better and so much pain and anguish could have been saved but yeah i'll get that off my soapbox now that like my hot take we're doing it all wrong need to do it better and now all my, now all our hot takes have gone cold because i've been ranting for so long it's okay it was a good hot take well done <laughs> yeah thank you um i was already convinced but hopefully someone listening to this who maybe was on the fence thinking that oh sure it's just because of the pandemic and all that no you need to be aware there's all sorts of systemic things that we put in place beforehand that made it worse, like you say. Yeah, exactly. And this is just bringing them all to the surface across the board everywhere. So do um, better, humanity. I did, You know, I didn't even mention America in the healthcare part there because it's just so bad. So I heard someone say, uh, point out that they saw someone on Twitter saying, 
Oh, you know what? We have got like GoFundMe's for all the, you know, America's healthcare system is built half on GoFundMe's mm. because people are, you know, getting bankrupt. But someone uh, said, oh, why don't we just get like a huge big GoFundMe that everyone can kind of dip into? And someone's like, bitch, that's fucking hell. That's, that's the NHS. That's, that's a, healthcare. That's a taxed <laughs> that's, public healthcare yeah, system. Exactly. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, anyway. Well, maybe if they called it that, they could sneak it in. Maybe it wouldn't be dismissed as socialized medicine. That's it. Maybe like there's because America is such a capitalist country, it needs to be called like GoFundMe Plus. Yeah. And it's like a premium tier of GoFundMe. Ooh, and you, Ooh, where you, you're you get this keychain. Yeah. And you, you get a cool membership card. <laughs> oh my God. Referral bonuses for your friends. And Ooh. then you get free healthcare. Man. Anyway, I'll put the rest of these hot takes um, into some Tupperware and we can munch them during the week. Uh, should we talk about our sponsor? Yes. Yeah, UX Design Institute, baby. I'm back in school. Back in school. Vir- virtual Apple for my teacher this week. Yeah. It was just a JPEG. She didn't appreciate it. <laughs> um, yes, the UX Design Institute. If you've been listening to our last few episodes, you know that um, the, they've sponsored us now for a few weeks. And I'm loving it because not only is UX a keen interest of mine, um, but I'm actually working getting better because I've enrolled in the UX Design Institute course. I had another module this week. I've got an upcoming assignment, Steve, and I'm actually probably going to reach out to you because I need, um, like a clickers, uh, not even clicker, like a like a hamster in a lab type thing. Like I need a mm-hmm. lab rat type. To, I need to hook some electrodes up to you. Yeah, we're just going. Yeah, let's put you on a tr- on a treadmill. Well, I mean, people have always told me I'm not much good for anything else, so let's keep it going. Yeah, the treadmill's not fully necessary. I just think you know it doesn't hurt to get a bit of exercise. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> That's me. Anyway, yeah, UX is the, we've talked about before, it's the science and art of designing software that people use every day and making it better. It is an industry on the rise, even in these hard economic times, Steve, if you look on job boards, there's still UX design Mm. roles going in different places. Makes sense, because you can click things without touching people and getting COVID. Oh, absolutely. You you have to go very far out of your way to, to touch someone in the field of UX. So... That's why um, I keep on failing. Um, so yeah, if you're interested in in joining and learning along with me, <laughs> well, no, I'm not teaching it, but you know what I mean. Uh, they're great. They're they're univer- um, university credit rated. They've got I talked about before the Slack channel where you can reach out to your peers and and um, lectures and stuff to ask questions during in between all of the modules. If you do have questions, it's I can't praise enough. It's great. Um, there's a link in the show notes if you want to join. It's uxdesigninstitute.com forward slash one am. Do it. Do it. Let's also take the time to give a shout out to our podcast network, Headstuff. Our, our mammy and daddy. Our, our mammy and daddy. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Alan. Um, <laughs> we are part of Ireland's largest podcast network, Headstuff. Um, it is a massive community, collective organization mm-hmm. of podcast makers, really enthusiastic people making stuff about what they love. You got the mm-hmm. Spice Bags talking about food. You got Fireside talking about myths. And for the next couple of weeks, we are the main attraction in terms of we are all coming together collectively to push each other. Um, to our listeners so we don't need to give any other podcast a specific shout out because no. we're the cool kids this week yeah if you listen to other head stuff uh, podcast networks they should be shouting out should say. be let us should know be. let us know if they're not and we won't send them christmas cards this year yeah yeah we, we probably we, we will. like yeah we like rats here so if you want to rat out our, <laughs> our, our, our head stuff family yeah if you want to narc 
uh yeah please do that uh, <laughs> well, actually but, no uh, concentrate more on listening to these great shows <laughs> no no come out <laughs> fuck you fuck that steve <laughs> no you're absolutely right there's great stuff and everyone what i love about it, everyone there is doing it because they love it yeah like it's not some sort of big soulless corporation it, it came together <laughs> i kind of wish it was we make a bit more bucks from that <laughs> that's, that's it it'd be great um but no it's just a bunch of people who love podcasting and came together to try and support each other and it's it's just the warmest fuzziest group of people so check them out. I'll put a link to Headstuff uh, Network in the show notes as well. Uh, so uh, what, are we, what are we talking about this week, Steve? Uh, after all this, what Richie, we do, What are we doing this week? I need to s- strike up a joint, smoke that blunt. I'm going to snort that cocaine and smoke that crack rock. And I don't know how you take math, probably smoke it as well. And put a needle in my arm for the hairdoing. I'm doing it all, doing, baby. All in one go. All in one go. I'm just gonna pop. We're talking oh, about you drugs. Just, you're just you're a boppet of just hedonism. Oh, and also for the record, I'm gonna drink alcohol, coffee, and smoke cigarettes because they are also drugs, even if society mm-hmm. considers them less bad. Yeah. Uh, the only drug I'm high on, Steve, is life, and that's spelt. L exclamation mark F E. It's a hip new ecstasy tablet <laughs> that's taken the streets by storm. <laughs> And uh, all the all the top podcasters are taking it. And uh, oh, I'm not. <laughs> what does that say about me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just you wait. Hold on, I'm gonna. And yet they say yeah. Panadol. Oh, uh, well. Hold on. For the record here, oh, ladies and gentlemen, Richie actually took a pill, and I don't know if it was an illicit recreational <laughs> drug or not. It may be. And Richie's eyes may turn into the size of dishes as I keep on talking and just start, no, Steve, no, no, I love you. No, Steve, really, no, no, you're just the best. I love you so much. <laughs> no, this is one of those really aggressive making drugs. Oh, shit. Shut yeah. the fuck up, Steve. No, I'll, and I'll balance it out with some downers as well. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking about what I'm drugs, Speci- not, not like pharmaceutical kind of going to the pharmacy to get better like we're talking about recreational drugs yeah i guess even though heroin doesn't uh, sound that much fun but obviously no so. a lot of them don't sound very fun but you know what i mean the the, yes. the non-prescribed drugs narcotics. even though the, artwork, the narcotics you could say even though the artwork is if you look at it it is does look like a bottle of prescribed pills that but that's just because it's, i'm lazy it's much nicer than a needle though it wouldn't yeah, have been well, nice if you stuck a big needle up there yeah, if I put needle with what I'm politics on, I so I'm not I'm not in London right now, but in in my London apartment, I've got a massive syringe from when uh, remember I was in Mexico and I got really really sick. Oh Can yeah, you tell the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, food poisoning. Uh, yeah, I got really bad food poisoning so much so they had to call the doctor out to the hotel, and he administered over the course of two mornings. I end up missing my flight because I had to stay and put. Um, he administered two what they call blunderbuss ac- um, antibiotics via massive syringe into my bum uh, and he gave me the third syringe with the antibiotic saying when you get back in London because we were due to fly back then stick it in your bum you know the next morning get it stuck in your bum and for life of me Steve I couldn't find anyone to stick it in my bum Kate wouldn't (laughs) your girlfriend Kate wouldn't wouldn't stick it in your bum no I don't trust her to do it I don't trust (laughs) me to do it I I wanted a doctor to do it oh they wouldn't uh, take this random needle from a foreign country no and I called up yeah I called up my NHS doctor and said look weird situation but I'm just back from Mexico I got food poisoning that local doctor there gave me two rounds of this and he's given me the third round and I just need it administered and they said no we're not covered to do that which I understand makes sense um, well, that's what happens when you re- re- regulate and administer drugs properly. Yeah, exactly. You can't get um, needles stuck in your bum for no reason. Yeah, fucking, there's no fucking loopholes for Richie to jump through to get his 
Bum can, injection. You, can you imagine if you actually had like a, a needle of heroin and for some reason you wanted this doctor to inject you with heroin? And he's like, oh yeah, come on in. Office, are open, <laughs> but, office hours are open, baby. But he'd be like, oh, well, I've, I, obviously this guy, he needs the antibiotic. I'm going to do it. And then you're like, oh, and he's like, oh, fuck, what did I just do? <laughs> That's probably why. Someone probably did it the day before and they're like, no, not anymore. No, it, it fooled me once. <laughs> he told me then to go, go to a private clinic, which I did. I booked an appointment and I said, can you private clinic? Can you stick this in my bum? This is what because I've been to the NHS and they won't do it. And they said, yeah, no problem. Bring on coming down. And I went down, had my appointment, went in and the doctor there went, oh, I can't do that. I can't stick that in your bum. And it turns out the lady on the phone just, I don't know, misheard or misunderstood. And they mm. said, no, you'll need to go to like a nurse's clinic. Oh, they've got sakes. extra, they've got extra like malpractice insurance. So they're fine to do <laughs> is what they said. And so I, uh, I left. So I'm just walking around central London with like this syringe and a little box with Spanish writing on it looking for someone to stick it in my bum <laughs> and the nurse's place uh, they wouldn't do it either so I just still have it there I just didn't take it so you get rid of that ever, get rid of that take it you can take them I don't know what to do with you it you take it to a pharmacy and they have like they use incinera- incineration companies uh, okay I'll do yeah. that then because I don't like having this gigantic syringe just lying around my house <laughs> it's not lying around uh, I Richie. It put away <laughs> I sat on it I store, I, I store it down the side of this couch <laughs> Yes. Anyway, enough of that aside. Um, so, yeah, let's get into it. Do you like drugs? Um, I mean, look, uh, my prince, my uh, thing with most things is like, if no, if you're not hurting anyone, like you're fine. Mm. Within certain, it's just when certain dependence, dependence habits become dependencies, dependencies become addiction, addictions, and addictions can maybe manifest into something more harmful that mm. spreads out just from your either to yourself or to other people that's obviously when it's a problem and a lot of my issues are around lack of, lack of regulation so like in, well back when i lived in california fucking weed was everywhere and they had it was very well regulated there was lots of you know medi- for medicinal weed at the time um it was really well regulated and there was processes put in place and quality control on the product and you know, doctors associated with your prescription and all that kind of stuff. And it was a well-oiled machine. But then if you were to take, and like, we'll talk about as well later on, but like weed is no more harmful to you than alcohol. It's less harmful probably. Yeah, exactly. So there's no real issue there. But by that same token, I would never recommend anyone buy weed in Ireland because there's no um, kind of process behind it or no oversight yeah. and there's off actually some serious problems with how it's grown with mm. like basically slaves like indentured uh, servants coming across from asia with uh, you know tied to um gangs and they're stuck in horrible grow farms with terrible conditions working crazy hours um for little you know next to nothing and so if you're buying weed in ireland you're getting something that's not regulated and is supporting a really toxic horrible industry so, you know, it's, you know, it's, it depends is what I'm saying. What, yeah. what about you? I'm kind of the same. Like I don't personally partake. I yeah. just never been into it. Never like smoking. Smoking always made me feel nauseous. So if I tried yeah. to like smoke a joint, I'd be like, Bleh. so I do drink alcohol. I probably sometimes abuse it, but I, yeah. I'm by no means an addict. So I don't try hard enough for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do. And then when it comes to drugs, I generally have problems with, like I would have no problem if weed was legalized because obviously it's a recreational drug like all the others. And if we have booze and we should have weed and it should have like no advertising or packaging or or like any kind of corporate pushing of it, it should just be like a blank box that says weed, <laughs> like Steve's weed, Richie's weed. And even at that, I'm not even sure, but like it should yeah, be. One, one weed drug. One, one weed. <laughs> it should be, it should be like cigarettes. 
um, rather than it shouldn't like they shouldn't let it go like alcohol, which is has like sports sponsorships and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I don't know if I'm in favor of things like crack cocaine or no, absolutely, or methamphetamine or 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 heroin heroin being legalized. Like there are things that are just too potent and. If you need to get off on things like that, you have other problems rather than what just wanting the drug, you know? Yes, it absolutely. It could be solved through other things. And I, I'm no problem with infringing agree. on people's liberties to stop them doing that. Yeah, 100% agree. Uh, unless, of course, we're talking about life. L, exclamation mark, heavy. No, uh, yeah, less ecstasy. I probably would have no problem with ecstasy. I don't know too much about it. It doesn't really pop up that much. Oh, but it pops off, baby. Wah. Well, I don't know much about it either. <laughs> That's probably not the correct vernacular to use at all. No, not at all. Uh, these are these are multivitamins I took earlier as well. So mad bastard. I know, right? I need to get my iron up. I think I'm low on iron. I'm go lick a rock. <laughs> That's not how it works. I it's sent you that licking rock ages ago. That one. Yeah. What do you think it was for? Peeing. Oh. Well, I don't know. I feel bad when I lick it when I go to your house. <laughs> Girl, stop. Let's get off this. Uh, so, old drugs. Old you have written down here. Yeah. Old drugs. Ye old drugs. Drugs have been around let's for... Go back, let's take a journey back in time, Steve. Drugs have been around for an awful long time. Um, mm-hmm. People have been taking drugs for fucking ever. Mm-hmm. It's been used as medicine. It's been used as a ritualistic thing. And it's been used for getting off. In fact, I found a really... Nifty thing. The Egyptians, the ancient Egyptians said that opium was invented by the god Thoth, who gave it to the, the boss Thoth. Thoth, who gave it to the boss god Ra as a treatment for a headache. The, bo- <laughs> the boss god Ra. Yeah. For a, for a headache. <laughs> and there are links to the Greek gods as well. Like loads of Greek gods have like opium flowers in their crowns and stuff like that. Right. So like it's been around and it's been used. And I think... I, I, I'm sure there were other people that were like prudish saying, no, you shouldn't take it. But the first evidence I could find of people being like, uh-uh, don't take this shit. Whereas um, the Islamic traditions rising up uh, after like the Roman Empire and that, like the 500s, 2000s, their traditions and their scholars were like, drugs are bad. Don't take drugs. It gets in the way. And I think probably the Buddhists are probably saying the same on the other side of the world. But they were saying like, oh, it's going to get in the way of your thinking and your ability to communicate with God and be one with God. So don't take drugs unless you need it for medicine. And then it's okay. Oh, okay. And that's interesting to say because it'll get in the way of God. Yeah. I would have thought previously, like, no, that gets you closer. Well, it's, it's there's two things. It's like some people think that drugs are like a mind expanding thing and that to touch God, you need to be an expanded mind. So take a whole lot of weed or LSD or something and then you get close mm. to God. Other people are like, uh, no, it has to come from within. I'd, right. I'd lean to the latter. I think you take drugs for fun. And if you tell yourself you're taking drugs for anything else except for fun, you're lying to yourself. <laughs> Yeah, I would also worry that if I took a mind-expanding drug, it, I wouldn't experience much expansion, and then I'd just feel bad. It's like, oh no, there isn't much potential here at yeah. all. <laughs> I just sat around and thought about Mario for ages. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't, I think Mario has a son. That's the only revelation I came to. What's his name? Barry. <laughs> Barrio. <laughs> no, not even Barrio, just Barry. <laughs> he works uh, in IT. Is he? <laughs> for the <machine laughs> I'm so disappointed in you, son. Dad, please, you're Japanese. Why do you talk like that? Dad, you haven't fixed the toilet in years. We can't afford you just a keep rent, trying Dad. to jump into them. And flushed. I'm going to see your mother. She's not my mom, Dad. God. So that's what happens when we take drugs. Um, 
something happened though the western countries kind of forgot about opium and most weed like alcohol was kind of the only drug that they're abusing for yonks and it only Mm. started coming up again around like the enlightenment and the the 15th 16th century when they were going around the world and trading and stuff and they started finding it again is it true that the part of the motivation for the enlightenment came from um people like an academic type switching from drinking ale as like the recreational drink of choice to drinking coffee because it became more plentiful yes and they found themselves like instead of being on a downer they were on an upper and they were more motivated and that kind of thing is that true i to a certain extent and um, there's lots of links between coffee drinking societies and the kind of people who were coming up with the biggest ideas back around then and they were using it as a stimuli and bopping around but people used to drink ale because water was poison yeah you used to have to drink ale because if you tried to take a drink of water you would die but like the ale that they would drink would be a fraction as strong as like the regular beer we would drink yeah it's like like grog for pirates yeah although grog is supposed to be strong shit grog i think is just rum water down oh is it Uh, yeah i think so there you go the orcs and mordor drink it too do they Mm. I've seen that in the extended edition of The Two Towers I've seen recently. Nerd. Stop talking about your nerd shit. I want to talk about cool drugs. Yeah. Let's have a quick segue to bash some Brits. Is it that time? Is it that time already? (laughs) The Brits were shits in their colonization of the world. And one of the things they figured out in India is that they could get the local farm tenant farmers to grow loads of opium because it was cheap and easy to grow there. Grow grew well. And then... They weren't really able to sell enough that they could grow in India. There wasn't that enough of a demand back in Europe. And they also, this is like, we're talking about the East India Trading Company here. One of the largest trading organizations in the world at the time. was Slave owning organizations. It was what? And slave or, or owning organizations. Until it wasn't. But yeah, at the time, yeah, the, the, yeah they probably get, got out of slavery about this time. This is like the 1820s or something. But then they realized that they could pump loads of opium into China and make a fuck ton of money. So right. China was still a relatively strong, coherent empire on its own right. And the Chinese emperor and his fellows were like, uh, no, don't do that. That's not good for our people. And then the right. Brits were like, no, we're going to do that. And then they were st- going to pump. They were going to pump and sell. Pump loads okay. of opium, sell it in there, make loads of money. And the Chinese tried to stop them. The Brits started a war. <laughs> the Chinese lost the war. And then they did it again. And there was two opium wars over the time. And the result of it is, is that... It was part of the the kink that led to the fall of of China and led to all the revolutions and stuff that they're they're kind of only still getting over now in terms of what they were. So drugs, bad in that sense. Drugs are bad. Within this context, context, very bad. uh, There's also- Multiple wars, falls of civilization. Damn. That's bad, right? That's that's right up there. Um, In terms of using opium as a medicine as well, people kind of really got into it in the 19th century. The the, the Americans fucking loved it. They gave William Henry Harrison some opium when he was dying of like, he was like the one month president. He, yeah. he was diagnosed with opium in 41. The American Civil War, the army. He was diagnosed with opium? Diagnosed with something and died within a year. It was prescribed opium, the other word. Prescribed opium. <laughs> I'm sorry, this guy, he's got opium. Opium. <laughs> well, take, take it off him. <laughs> I'm sorry, there's nothing we can It's in his hand. He, Just take it off pulled, him. He pulls the blanket above his head. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which is obviously the noise you make when you're getting off on opium. Um, yeah. <laughs> the U.S. Army in the in the Civil War used eight eighty thousand kilograms of opium. Jesus they would distribute. Christ. They distributed like half a million opium pills to the to the soldiers for various reasons. They called it just to like deal with injuries, injuries and, and everything. Like, yeah, I think it was called laudanum yeah. at the time. It was like a distilled opium. You could drop it into water and drink it like that. And they were given it for right. everything. If you were nervous, they would give it to you. <laughs> Yeah, it would chill you out. Hell. But people yeah. got addicted 
and it wasn't good. And then around the start of the, the 20th century, people started realizing this isn't good. There are bad things yeah. with this. And they started regulating it. Um, cocaine used to be a really normal medical thing as well that people mm-hmm. were abusing all the time. And there's mm-hmm. a really good TV show called The Nick with, uh, is it Clive Owen? It's like, it's about the original, one of like one of the original pioneers of modern surgery. Oh, that's right. Yeah, He used yeah. to inject cocaine into his penis when he was having sex. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Why are you um, writing and that down? And, and uh, to, to uh, what effect? <laughs> Positive. Until he became so addicted that his stomach rotted. His sex was too good. <laughs> he just exploded. <laughs> so yeah, them's, them's are drugs being used as medicines until they started to realize that opium was maybe not that good. But then we forgot again, and we'll, we'll get to the opiate crisis in America recently. Sure, but sure. we had about a hundred years there of realizing that opiates were dangerous and should be only used in very rare circumstances. And then mm-hmm. people started, people like around this time, alcohol was started to be bashed as well. And you had like the prohibition movement in America that cut out, cut out in booze. The- this would have been what twenties, yeah, and that's yeah. when they started like criminalizing um, marijuana, criminalizing cocaine, criminalizing all the drugs to kind of leave so it sorry, the way why, it was. Why, why, um, why did they target booze at this point? Like booze would have been, you know, pretty ubiquitous across the board. Yeah, about why, why did it get a bad rap around then? It was linked to religious movements, temperance movements. Like there was a lot of interlinking in those movements uh, into the um, in the U.S. political system. And it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a really, you could fucking write a book as to why they chose to prohibit alcohol sure. at the time, but they weren't the only ones. Finland did it too. Um, Sweden had a referendum and only decided not to ban it by like 51%. And mm-hmm. there were like anti-temperance leagues in Ireland. What do we, what do we call our one where you pledge not to drink booze? We still have it. Like a pioneer. Pioneers. Yeah. yeah. So it's like if the pioneers had political power, that's what happened in the US and they managed mm. to convince people not to drink. But there was a massive bad side effect. So people were like drinking beer and maybe the odd whiskey and then it switched to oh well it's really hard to get any alcohol so I may as well just drink a bottle of whiskey instead mm. of like a bunch of beers because I can't get the yeah. beers anymore yeah. it wasn't good didn't work no it's probably brewed in a bathtub as well <laughs> probably <laughs> like the best kinds yeah. um, so to say why did people start making drugs more illegal I guess it was a combination of prudish people who don't enjoy it getting more political power and also a genuine realization that the side effects of drug abuse is bad and yeah. the knee-jerk reaction to trying to fix that is just to ban it. Yeah, I mean, if you've got like multiple wars associated with it and, and cases of addiction, like you say, coming out of the Civil War, I guess it's pretty easy to blanket the whole thing as bad at that point rather than go, oh, well, this thing. Yeah, maybe. This thing, this little thing's okay. Yeah. But yeah. And I'm not even too sure about the marijuana, why, why that one got excluded as well. There's probably like, if you look into it, like a racial connotation that white people didn't smoke as much marijuana and that they've seen it as like a lower class bad drug. So let's just ban it because why not? doesn't hurt us. Mm. Um, even now, I suppose, if you're looking as to why we allow alcohol in most parts of the world, but we don't allow weed. And also it should be said, um, Islamic countries don't allow alcohol at all. Yeah. So it's not, and I guess they don't allow weed either. So mm. yeah, it's like different degrees. And there's a massive movement now in places like the US, like you mentioned, California is totally legal now, right? Uh, I think it's totally legal now. When I was there, it was just medicinal, but which was bullshit. Purpose, yeah. Oh my god, Steve! Literally, there were apps where, because again, it was San Francisco, so just like apps for everything. There were apps where you would you download the app, you would open it up, you would get a video consultation with a doctor straight away, and you'd go, "I'm anxious" or "My back sore," and then they go, "Okay, uh, here's your prescription." It gets sent digitally to your phone. It gets verified through the phone, and then from that point on, you can order edibles like Uber. Yeah. And they come fully branded, like 
beautiful packaging and like within quicker than an Uber as well, because they were just constantly going around the city of San Francisco. There was also, remember Dolores Park, a gorgeous open park in, in San Francisco. There is a guy, um, the edible dude, who uh, got, not edible, and said, yeah, I was about to say, you know what I mean? He was a, is a, ginger, a gingerbread man or some sort? <laughs> I mean, every everyone's edible when you really think about it. But, <laughs> okay, Hannibal. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, he, he, he went around selling edibles and he had more Yelps than most businesses in that neighborhood he had more yelp reviews and he was like all five star he had like over 1100 five star reviews or something because he would just go around selling edibles that were like really professionally done he had branding and business cards and everything it was a whole other world but yeah now it's i think legal for recreational use and there's yeah. other states as well they're following suit yeah i think like colorado was one of the first to do it and they yeah. noticed a massive amount of new money in terms of uh taxes mm. on it mm-hmm. um yeah and i guess like it must be a cultural reason. Like there isn't much medical like or scientific reason to ban weed over booze. Yeah. Um, I guess just because most people have always thought that we, that drinking is relatively okay. Yeah. Whereas it's quite we, social as well. Yeah. So it's built into the fabric of our social. Yeah. Like uh, it's, it's in mass for God's sakes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We turn our booze into literal, like transubstantiation. We believe Catholics believe that it's actual blood in there. <laughs> Who's to say? Jesus turned water into wine. Like there's a fucking, his biggest story. His brand is built on booze. <laughs> How many Yelp reviews does he have for that? Speaking of edibles as well, the, the body of Christ, that's like bread, transubstantiate into into him. <laughs> okay. Religion's crazy, man. Transubstantiation, if you ever read into it, it's just fucking bizarre. I don't want to get into transubstantiation right now. No? Okay. <laughs> no, another Another episode then. Anyway, look. 88,000 people die of alcohol abuse or give or take in the US every year. Jeez. 300,000 people die from cigarette related deaths. Yeah. There are no recorded marijuana related deaths. Maybe someone got a little bit too high and like walked off a cliff maybe. <laughs> but that, that was a cliff How would you know? to the drug. That's true. <laughs> but no, you're, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's comparatively way, way less dangerous. And also the fact that there's like so many... Um, medical applications as well like it's it's prescribed for a lot yeah. of things um, th- in a way th- that alcohol isn't really prescribed for unless you're rubbing it on a wound <laughs> in a mm. pure form that's about it maybe we should maybe you go to see a doctor and you're like i'm unwell and he just goes okay here's a prescription for a six-pack here's a pint <laughs> come on he, he, he walks out the door and just puts his clothes sign and says, we're going to the pub <laughs> god that'd be a great doctor um what are we talking about <laughs> drugs drugs um, can we talk about the war on drugs? War on drugs. Like, yeah, that's like a big political movement. Yeah, it's a it's one of the biggest mistakes America has ever made, and yeah, frankly, still for it as well. The rest of the world following them. So we were talking. I think we got up to around like when drugs are being prohibited and stuff around the twenties and thirties. Mm. Uh, but people didn't really do much about it for a long time. Like there was drugs going around. Um, the gangsters were buy- were selling them. People were taking them and abusing them. But it wasn't like it wasn't the big criminal thing that everyone cared about all the time, like it is now and has been for yeah. a long time. It took this fella called Richard Nixon. <gasps> he showed up and it's, it's actually, it's got connotations to now. So there was the, there was the, the civil, the, sorry, not the civil war, the Vietnam war, um, mm-hmm. had caused a lot of rigmarole around the U S in terms of people protesting against it. You had the Beatles coming around to make people grow long hair and talk about counterculture. Oh, yeah. The hippies all like, Oh yeah, free love, man, free love and free oh, drugs. Love. So you had this counterculture movement springing up and then Nixon came in representing the counter counterculture movement. <laughs> 
The, con- oh, no. the conservative He flipped movement. the table and he flipped the table back on its legs. I know, yeah. And yet all the dishes and stuff fell back down as they were. <laughs> what? How did you do this? Not only that, but like... <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, is how Richard Nixon addresses all problems. Um, yeah. He decided to make make a political move on it. And he saw that there was this thing in America called the silent majority. The people that weren't, that preferred drinking a whole bunch of Budweiser at home and giving out about the hippies than they did about smoking drugs. So... He said, right, well, it's such a problem that I'm going to declare a war on drugs and I'm going to pump loads of federal money into tackling it. And I'm also going to try and stop it from its source. Basically, looking at the problems of drug abuse and going, the fix for this is to get rid of them rather than trying to treat the reason that people want to take them. Yeah. So that put into motion something that has riddled America in terms of lots of problems and has cost so much money, about a trillion by like a conservative low estimate is about how much they spent on it over the last couple of decades. Yeah. Not good. It's and it hasn't it's like it's like you got you know, you got a cut on your hand and Richard Nixon said, right, we need to amputate the whole arm as opposed to looking at, okay, why'd you get a cut on your hand and how can we stop you from getting the cut on your hand? Exactly, yeah. As opposed to chopping off the whole arm. Yeah, declaring a war on something is such a I mean, it feels quite like quite an a conservative American thing to do of that time. Um and a war implies, you know, an antagonist. It implies a, a victory. Yeah, and it implies, yeah, it implies a moment where we can plant a flag in the ground and go, hey, we did it, as opposed to... Or drop a nuclear know, bomb maybe, on it. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to, you know, maybe, you know, you're just a kid growing up in an impoverished area and it's just everything that, you know, that's just, you're almost predetermined to fall into this world. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you're on the receiving end of a war. Yeah, yeah. you're a belligerent in a war that you didn't mean to join. Yeah, build some fucking, you know... Schools. Social structures or something. You know. Hospitals. Yeah, hospitals, playgrounds. Social centers. Yeah. Yeah. Not a war, but anyway. Anyway. Um, I got off my soapbox again. Yeah, awful. And so it's still, we're still feeling the effects of it to this day. Have you have you seen um, the uh, Netflix documentary? Oh, it was out way before. It, it just only recently went on Netflix, I think, but the 13th. Yeah, yeah. I have, yeah. Fuck it. Yeah, that's just, that feeds directly in from the, the, yeah, that's, the war on drugs and the lasting negative effects it had on, you know, ethnic minorities and yeah. impoverished areas. So like, if you go to it, I think before the war on drugs started, there would have been 50,000 people um, incarcerated in the US for drug-related crimes. Now it's mm. up at like 2 million. And the vast majority of these people are people of color or minorities, whereas most people who use drugs are not. Yeah, so you can be, you know, an ethnic minority and have a personal amount of weed and get done harder than, you know, a white businessman who has a small child's worth of cocaine in his boot. Yes, because weed is considered a class one narcotic substance in the US, whereas cocaine is only a class two. It's weed and heroin and then everything else is like on a different scale. It doesn't make any sense. That's insane. Yeah. That's utterly ridiculous. Yep. Because where's, cocaine where's, is used way more by white people. Right. Of, with power. Whereas all the other drugs are mostly used by minorities, and even when it yeah, comes, it's crazy the cl- the class structure as well. That's in in the like drug world, like crystal meth being called was called like poor man's cocaine mm. for a long time. Hillbilly, like trucker hillbilly cocaine drug, or hillbilly, yeah. It's insane that just the class levels, the classism that exists within the world of drugs. Actually, that's a that's a good one to point out. So the in terms of how the war on drugs doesn't work, you can see it very clearly in that. So they realized that. This this crystal meth drug was being made by with industrial chemicals that were relatively easy to access on the market. So yeah. the DEA like in Breaking Bad, huh? Like in Breaking Bad. Breaking well, Bad. actually, that yeah. was that was showing how it wasn't. So the DEA 
came in, clamped down and really, really tightened controls on these drugs so that they couldn't get them anymore. But then people realized that you could get small amounts from other things like over-the-counter prescriptions. And then you had the small Breaking Bad style vendors like these guys in, in RVs going around in the desert or yeah, in houses. Buying a bunch of Suda. Exactly. And they're in houses and they're like, they're blowing up their houses through these fucking chemical experiments that are going yeah. wrong. But then the DEA started clamping down on those and it became harder for those drug suppliers to make them. So, so then obviously everything was fine and no one took drugs ever again. No. The end. That is not what American happened. American flag in the ground. What happened instead was that the Mexican cartels who had been mm. busy giving Americans cocaine in the 80s switched to making, producing crystal meth in Mexico and mm. then shipping it in by the feckin' literal submarine boatload into America. Jesus. And now it's swashed with really potent, shitty drugs that is tied to some of the worst humanitarian atrocities going on in the world right now in Mexico in terms of the cartels and the drug the drug gangs fighting each over over fighting each other over who can has access to the profit of America's drug problem. Yeah. So war on drugs does not work. Time to no, declare it. Bad. Not even a loss to say it was never really there. <laughs> Yeah, and and like apologize, for, apologize for it. Like make it official. Like just, just completely acknowledge the failure of it. Yeah, and maybe so take the money and put it into things like this. This ties into defund the police. So it really does. I guess defund the police is pointing out all the massive resources and money being put into the to the police services to, to clamp down on the war on drugs. And also, frankly, they got a lot more money after the war on terror was declared as well. So you have yeah. these two indiscrim- in, in non-distinctive wars and ever ending forever wars that are seeing all the money pumped in that are not yeah. helping anyone. I mean, yeah, the, the crime problems are still really bad in, in American cities and the people that are getting hurt the most are the people that you're supposed to be trying to help the people who are at the most disadvantaged. So when they say defund the police, I think the most accurate, I guess, or fallible version of this is not to say all police need to be outlawed and we're not going to have any police. It's just mm. moving away that massive amount of money and energy used into building fucking SWAT teams and shock every cop with a shotgun yeah. and a taser and a handgun and all these things would cost a lot of money and start putting them into the community services. Like if you yeah. come across someone who's a drug addict, you don't put them into prison. You put them into a, into a program. Yeah. Rehabilitation, not incarceration. Exactly. Like it's, it's, it's the whole adage of, you know, uh, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Um, law enforcement should be the final line in a multi-structured level of, you know, social structures and programs and education and all, and, you know, proper welfare systems and all of these things that stop people falling between the the cracks where they end up in in this world of drug abuse and that kind of thing. Yeah. You mentioned opioid crisis earlier on. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. This is one we're bringing up because it's a relatively recent one that is absolutely ongoing and it's a, it's a trickier one because this is not one that necessarily comes from the, the, the traditional gangsters giving ne'er-do-wells drugs and that causing all the problems. This yeah. one is a middle-class problem, largely. Well, not just middle-class, but like working-class, middle-class, regular-person problem in the United States. Mm-hmm. Around the 90s and 2000s, there was a huge move by the pharmaceutical injury, industry to start... Um, pushing for more treatment towards um, things like chronic pain and general pain. And they they started saying that, oh, we have these new opiate-based drugs that you can use to treat pain and they're not that addictive, we swear. So doctors trying to help their patients and perhaps listening too much to the advertising and lobbying from these pharmaceutical companies started prescribing people the drugs. 
Um, the worst one was OxyContin. Uh, oh, the most f- big pharma name ever. OxyContin by a company called Purdue Pharma. Um, they pushed it out to loads of people. People became addicted to it. And then after that, a person who's addicted to the opiates prescription drug is 40 times more likely than the average person to become addicted to heroin. Jesus. And it was, it is and still remains a massive problem in the central parts of the United States and, and probably everywhere. Like it's, it's devastated entire communities mm-hmm. and it just continues to be a huge problem. And they've started to, they've started to regulate it more, roll back. And even the company, the Purdue Pharma Corporation I mentioned were fined a couple of hundred million but that didn't make up for a fraction of the billions that they've made in profits over the last couple of years. Of course. And this... And the, and the lives have been ruined because of it. This leads into the next question. Yeah. Um, is legalization a good idea, Stephen? Yes and no. Ah, <laughs> Both. A simple, straightforward answer. <laughs> Legalize weed tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Do that. There's okay, no problem well, with that. Weed is... I don't like it. I, people can abuse it and... Um, like they're yeah, it's I, not like, without it's it's not without its yeah. its problems, but yeah, in the grand scheme of everything we're talking about, exactly, its relation to its relative potency to alcohol. Yeah, my biggest problem with weed at the moment is well, there's two problems. Number one, people use it as a substitute for feeling bored, which is a problem. You should <laughs> go out and it. do things with your life rather than smoke yeah. a bunch of weed. But sure, you could say the same for booze or whatever, or playing video games. Like there's all hey. sorts of hey, <laughs> I mean yes, but don't like only play video games unless. You, Unless you want to, I suppose. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, don't, if you're not hurting anyone, but yeah, maybe there's yeah. other stuff you could but be doing. You can hurt yourself by overdosing on all these things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I don't think, and yeah, and also one of the worst things about weed at the moment is like you were mentioning earlier, the, the criminal cartel elements that massively abuse people and cause problems in society, trying to supply people like us this, this, this drug. Um it should be regulated. It should be taxed. It should be sold with minimal branding. I don't like the idea of five star reviewing your weed and stuff like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because then it'll like. But Steve, what if it's a dank strain? <laughs> well, I don't know what that means. What? Sh- Steve, what if it's a kind herb? <laughs> I don't know what that means. What if it's the stickiest, ickiest cush around? Is that a thing? Are you, you just making something California? <laughs> no. Sticky, icky. <laughs> what if it's a. What, I need to know. The, well, if I'm going out and buying some jazz cabbage, <laughs> I need to know. Now I just see a cabbage with a saxophone. Yeah, that's the branding. That's why you're saying we need branding. Mm. But yeah, I you're think, right. No. Yeah, people should be able to get it. It should have it should have the same regulations that cigarettes have because it isn't necessarily an absolute good for society, but prohibiting it causes more problems than legalizing it. So that should be legalized. Yeah. We get rid of like the fucking indentured servants in Ireland and those poor people whose lives are ruined by exactly these horrible grow farms for one. Yeah. Um other drugs, I guess you could probably say the same for things like ecstasy, and then like you wouldn't have the problems of people taking some really shitty drug that was made by some scrote. Instead, you'd have like a proper, like a proper medically approved kind of drug that's tested and proven to be safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but things like heroin, meth, I don't know about cocaine. I don't know too much about it. Um, maybe they should be decriminalized rather than legalized. Yeah, I mean it's a bigger, tougher question. Right? Yeah, so we'll. Talk about decriminalization, I guess. That is mm-hmm. something that has been used in quite a few countries. Um, that's that's the deal that when you go to Amsterdam, you're able to buy weed. It's not that mm-hmm. sorry, the, the person selling it to you is actually doing it legally. They're not. Yeah. <laughs> they don't get taxed on that. It is not like a, it is not a controlled and regulated 
service like selling booze or coffee, they are still technically criminals, but the government has just chosen to not look at it. Right. They're going to let it happen. And Portugal, um, about 15 years ago, they were Europe's worst problem in terms of um, heroin addiction and all the problems that come with that. They decided to decriminalize all drugs in terms of small amounts on a person for personal use. Yeah. So drug dealers are still being hunted and prosecuted. But if you're caught with a small amount of heroin, instead of as it is in the United States and probably Ireland and other places like that, you get put into prison mm. in Portugal they try and push you towards treatment. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of that. It's worked. Yeah. I'm a big, wherever possible, I'm a big fan of like education, regulation, and I'm trying to get a third Asian. <laughs> motivation. <laughs> and motivation. Location. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, the, the, yeah, I'm a big fan of like the protective structures around things. Yeah. Like, and then, you know, before we reached, jump to the incarceration <laughs> final line thing. Um, is that it? I think Have that's we done drugs. drugs? That's dr- I, we've boy, we've done drugs. <laughs> Let me tell you. Oh, that, all the words you were saying earlier, all that, those um, jazz cabbages. <laughs> the, Bar- the Barry Mario thing was pretty fun. <laughs> it's pretty good, I guess. Oh, thanks. After all the work and effort I put into <laughs> no, the rest of it, that's it was fine. all great. I just mean in terms of like high, like talking like we're high. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, you did a great job, Steve. Oh, thank as you. always so much so I think people should give you money and then I'll take 50% cut as well if you go to whatonpolitics.com forward slash beer maybe I'll change that URL to forward slash drugs yeah, <laughs> forward slash, to forward slash beer and buy us a pint if you want if you like what we do we will please buy a, the drug uh, of our choice the drug of our choice and while you're at it while you have your phone or laptop out why don't you head over to at whatonpolitics on Instagram and on Twitter whatonpolitics at gmail.com if you want to drop us a line Tell us your opinions, maybe on the on the on the drug debate. What do, do you, you like think? drugs? Do you, do you like drugs? Where do you are you for? Where do you get your drugs? For, where, <laughs> who sells you your drugs? How what dank is, is this Kush? Un- um, is this icky particularly sticky? Would you say? And if so, if you could rate the ickiness of that sticky out of five, that'd be great. And yeah, just let us know. Uh, one on politics at gmail.com. Steve, I'm not gonna lie. But back when I took that multivitamin as a joke at the start i wash it down with beer and i don't think you're supposed to do that because my tummy's been feeling very gurgly oh no <laughs> recording that underlying rumble you've been hearing is not yeah. earthquaking kildare no 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 i don't know oh yeah okay i might have to go deal with this oh no <laughs> our chickens have been laying even more multicolored eggs sorry what other colors have so there's like now with? a blue one there's like a blue one so uh there's there's the green one that we oh, yeah. showed eggshell blue is a color yeah, eggshell blue is a color. The green it isn't. As far no, as I know. <laughs> eggshell green isn't. So there's a now color. like a bra- like a beigey brown, a blue, and a green, and they're all the same fucking breed. It's crazy. Look, Steve, I've been locked out. Life hasn't been that interesting. All right. <laughs> if you want to know more go. about uh, Richie's egg palette, listen to the last episode and listen to the very end, because there's something at the very end, a little Easter egg. And uh, I think some people had just like stop listening when we get to the end of the topic. But listen through. Sometimes they put in funny little things. Often. Often. Yeah, need to. I don't know if I'll do it for this one. Right. Okay. I'm going to go see if there's like a purple egg under the chickens. Talk to you later, Steve. Bye. Bye.